Hello everyone, welcome to episode 79 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. Hi. Hi Tess. I certainly enjoyed the Facebook Live. I hope you did too, and I hope our listeners did as well. And I know that that was a stretch for us, Mm -hmm. both in... Both in technology and vulnerability and openness, but I think it went well and just based on some of the feedback and responses, it seemed like a good thing. So my hope is is that we would consider doing maybe a few more of those. I oh, loved okay. the real life <laughs> I loved the real life guessing games. Yeah, um, that was pretty fun. And just to have those comments mm-hmm. come right through. So we would have to I mean I'd have to harness my lower theme of adaptability, but I think kind of honoring your adaptability to roll with the dialogue. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed that immensely. I think we probably could use more of that in our mundane repeat Groundhog Day scenarios that we often have Mm -hmm. in the times of COVID. I feel like I'm trying to be more intentional about the container shifts. So... Mm -hmm. I work, live, breathe in the same space all the time, as many people do if they're working from home. And I've lost my container shift, um, my ritual of drive time, my ritual of gearing up for the day, mm-hmm. toning, coming down for, from yeah. the workday and, and transition ritual. And so I thought maybe, you know, a little bit of shaking things up with Jen and Millie could be some mm. honoring of... Um, the missing transition pieces. Yeah. But a couple of things I want to make sure that we talk about today. I know we're going to chat about our word of the year choices that we made. And then I want to have you once again, explain your trip and how that works mm-hmm. and the delight in the surprise. Mm-hmm. I am missing that kind of magic. I miss surprises. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I said this on the last episode. I like surprises that are good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are the kind of surprises <laughs> I appreciate. I've had a lot of surprises in the last year or so that have not been what I would call You're welcome so surprises. I, I like surprises, but only when I can ensure that they are good surprises. <laughs> so yes. It seems so counterintuitive to the concept of a surprise. <laughs> It's very much, I think, honoring my strategic when I say I want to have surprises that are good ones. I've also (laughs) dug a little bit deeper into strategic. Um, You may have a set of Kurtz cards. Mm -hmm. They're some of my favorite um, coaching resources, but also I used them recently in a check-in with um, Anna. And for us to talk a little bit about where our strengths might need rest. And I think my strategic is always on Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to be more thoughtful going into this new year because I tend to get just revved up excited about everything in the new year (laughs) and how I can use my strategic truly to recognize and harness the energy that needs to be rested Mm -hmm. in my strengths too. So, um, I know we're going to talk a little bit about our word of the year. I do want to tie in some dialogue about your trip because I think it's good to chat a little bit about surprise. I also think St. Pete had to be very honoring um, as a little bit of a a getaway. Mm -hmm. And you all can't see because we're in the studio. (laughs) 
You can't see that Tess, that Tess is a little more tan, um, a little more bronzed um, because of her time in the sun and we're just jealous as I'll get out around here. Yeah, a lot more people have asked me about my trip than I think anyone's ever asked me about trips before, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we can definitely talk about that. There are lots of pros and cons and wise choices and not so wise choices that went into that. Lots of weighing uh, all of the options, but I am I'm I'm very glad and I um I'm very glad that I had the chance to go. So um, we can definitely talk about that. I also want to thank you um, here in this space because um, as part of your birthday post to me, you asked people to share their words of the year. And I thought that was one of the greatest gifts I've ever gotten oh. is to hear unique words from people that maybe I didn't hear their words yet or hadn't or don't even know them. And they shared a little bit about their word and an explanation. And that was such a gift. And um, I was with my friend Alex in St. Pete's while we were um, while I saw that post. And um, she was like, oh, this is so sweet. I commented and I looked at her comment and I'm like, Alex, you didn't share your word of the year. You didn't share the word when she asked you for it. And so um, but that was so honoring. I think my individualization loved that. And I think because of just where we are at in our world of not seeing a lot of people at all, I think my individualization has definitely been a bit on the back burner. And I see the a, a lack of that, not a lack of that, but I feel like it's um, being dragged into the basement because I don't have as many opportunities to use it. Like I have to be more intentional about wielding that and it's manifested with my close relationships. But my there's part of my individualization that loves to kind of meet new people and I always describe it as like forming hypotheses around people that I don't know and then I get to go up and meet them and, and see whether or not they're proven true or not. Um, and, and so that's always kind of a fun activity. And so I got to do a little bit of that on the trip, but, um, but definitely in the post that was, uh, a lot of that came out. So I was very grateful for that. So thank you for that birthday gift. <laughs> well, I think that it is important to ask people to share because it builds accountability partners. For sure, It allows people to use their own voice when we have mm -hmm. a platform in many ways to share voices, mm -hmm. to be able to honor other people's voices as well. Yeah. We had quite a few people on the on um, Facebook Live share about their word of the year, and I loved a lot of them. Um, one being surprise, which came from Marcy. Yeah. Um, that's a, such a great word. But then the guesses about our words really kind of prompted me to, and I wrote this on my personal blog, I took some of those words that they gifted me when they were guessing, mm -hmm. and I'm going to use them with intentionality to apply my word of the year. Okay. I also asked in my personal blog for people to comment and share if they have a word or phrase of the year. Mm -hmm. I know it's been interesting for me to notice that some people just don't, and that's yeah. okay. That's absolutely mm -hmm. okay. I think right now, the space for us to hear one another and hear one another's voices has given me more intentionality to think about how can I ask people yeah. to share what is important to them. Sometimes it's easier in stating a word of the year. Sometimes it's easier in stating, you know, this is what I'm focused on or what I'm looking forward to, rather than asking people, what are your values and what matters to you most? Mm -hmm. Because right now we're in kind of this sticky space where we're all, I think, a little bit anxious about what the future looks like and so having a deep dialogue is a little more sensitive than it used to be plus it's mostly done via technology yeah. our personal conversations 
are now mostly done via technology. And unless you have someone living with you or near you or in your pod, the majority of us are having conversations like this mm -hmm. um, over the airwaves. So I've tried to be more intentional about encouraging other people to use their voices, but to be really thoughtful about the privilege and honor I have in using mine mm -hmm. and how can I do that in a more meaningful way, mm -hmm. not wasting time or energy anymore, but also um, trying to lift up voices that maybe haven't been heard. Mm -hmm. So I like when we ask a question and we put it out to the ether, anyone can answer. To the ether. <laughs> what a muse-based <laughs> phrase. <laughs> oh my that God. is my word of the year. Yes, I'm very excited is. about it. And I am excited for you if you didn't catch the Facebook Live or didn't catch uh, Allie's uh, post. Allie, I'd love for you to describe that. What does what does muse mean to you? Why? How did you come about uh, picking that as your word of the year? Uh, and how are you going to keep yourself accountable to it? I did. I read your blog post last night, so that's kind of it. But... <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do write. I have always been a crappy writer. That's what I like to say. However, I had a conversation yesterday with my mom and my mom is not generous with praise. I'll just put it that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she said, you know, how are things going? Tell me what you're doing. Tell me what you're working on. And I said, actually, mom, I've been doing a lot of writing. And she said, oh, you've always been such a great writer. And I said, mm -hmm. Sorry, who's this? No, <laughs> Come again? it was it was really lovely to hear that. But I I remember writing at a very young age, and I had a um, my third grade teacher, Mrs. Weber, who I talked about often as a mentor. She really encouraged me to write, and so did my fourth grade teacher, um, encouraging me to um, submit writing for creative writing contests and things like that. I think that communication being my number two strength, sometimes I get to use it with speaking. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I get to use it with writing, but more importantly, I can use it for listening. And so this year I chose the word muse. I took a writing class and I think in my writing class learned a really meaningful um, exercise, which was in listening to the writing of others. So in the writing class, we would have a 10 minute um, writing opportunity. We get a prompt. We'd have 10 minutes to write with music kind of in the background. This is all in zoom space. And then we get put in breakout rooms and be encouraged to share. And the vulnerability of writing and then sharing with complete strangers terrified me. However, in the very first exercise, we were encouraged to name our muse. And I had a lot of hesitation and to be quite honest, plenty of eye rolling and could not believe when it came to me. And it came to me so clearly and so obviously, and now it just seems to have illuminated a lot of things in my life that I would say were maybe hidden or pushed down yeah. because of thinking, and I think maybe this may resonate with some people, you're either too much or you're not enough or both. And I was reading uh, Maria Shriver's Sunday paper as I do every Sunday. And Maria was talking about growing up that way, feeling like she couldn't be herself because she was too much or not enough. And I think what I've learned is that I can push down or um, temper parts of my being in an effort to not look like I'm too much or also not to feel like I'm not enough. Yeah. 
And so when the word muse came to me, I thought this is a great opportunity for me to step out of that narrative and step into freedom and discovery and fun and joy. And the muse is all about music. So I've started a couple different endeavors to really honor that. One of them to write more. So I'm writing a music newsletter weekly where I share, you know, a song that I'm listening to, a playlist um, of the week, songs that I recommend, recommendations from others, a little bit of music history, talk about some venues, talk about ways to support musicians right now in a really difficult time. So I put together a weekly newsletter, created it through, I believe it's called Canva, completely out of my scope of capacity, but it's, it's helping me to grow and to practice. And so the muse is going to be a lot of different things. It'll be lyrics and storytelling. I'm trying to be more intentional about not just sharing my own stories and and writing, but also um, really listening to other people's stories and encouraging those. I'll be thinking about ways to to really apply mystic, magic um, sort of things in my life and explore more and discover more. So muse is my word of the year. You will see it everywhere in my If you follow me on social media, um, if you happen to read my blog, if you happen to listen to anything that I am sharing about or talking about, you will hear that intentionality of the return to music and the muse. I love it. Okay, so one of my questions that I've been percolating on um, in preparation for our time together today is this concept of uh, naming your muse. You talk about your muse as a third person. Uh, you talk about and you gender your muse as a she. Um, and so I guess my question, right, and maybe this is just the different paths that we've been on, is I have always struggled with embodiment. So my path and my journey has been not taking parts of myself and extraditing them from self, right, but actually trying to take those parts that other people see in me and bringing them back to myself, like coming into embodiment of who I am. Something like naming a muse and talking about parts of yourself in third person seems kind of like disembodiment to me. So how do you rectify those? Is it kind of a form of disembodiment or is it a path to embodiment? So I love that question and I was not prepared for it, but it's a really good <laughs> one. I, the coursework that I took is through um, Lissa Rankin. Jeez, I almost forgot her last name. And she is a, um, a physician who has really got, gotten deeper into, I would say, intuitive um, healing and trauma work. And so the coursework is based on IFS, internal family systems, which is an, um, a whole body of trauma research and therapy um, pioneered by a gentleman named Dick Schwartz, who was working with um, particularly women who were struggling with um, eating disorders. And he was finding that when he was ch- talking with them, they would name these parts of themselves. So this part of me wants to do this, but this part of me wants to do this. And we all kind of say that and you're exactly right. Um, they seem out of body or disembodied. Mm -hmm. Once we begin to name them and really be able to address them, it kind of reminds me a little bit, this is a little bit of a stretch, but it reminds me a bit of what we talk about in the strengths world as to name, claim, aim Mm -hmm. and adding tame. If you don't name your parts, you cannot embody them. Hmm. So I also have very strict parts to me, and those are the inner critic, and those are the um, the manager of this 
this voice in my head that says, not good enough. Who do you think you are? There's also, you know, so many components to like the inner child or um, exiled parts that we've hidden away because we don't want to be hurt. And we protect ourselves. So in this IFS work, you start to name these parts. Now, granted, I could have named um, a few other parts, and I won't do that here because it's deeply personal, but also not going to be my focus for my word of the year. Sure. But naming the muse essentially is tapping into all these other parts that protect that probably most authentic part of you. So one of the first writing assignments tests that we had to do is to express the first time someone labeled your creativity negatively mm -hmm. or someone told you this isn't good enough. Mm -hmm. And that is essentially an understanding of where that inner creative authentic self we talk about this all the time with strengths. Mm -hmm. The most gifted strength spotters, the most gifted strengths awareness leaders are elementary middle schoolers. Mm -hmm. They get it, they know it, they own it. They're like, yeah, this is me. You ask them, tell me something you've done recently that you're proud of. And in 30 seconds, they can name six or seven things. And then somewhere along the way, someone labels something about them as negative. Somewhere along the way, they start looking around in their classroom or their friends or their family and they say, oh gosh, I wish I had, I was more um, confident. I wish I had higher adaptability. I wish I could do this. Mm -hmm. And so what IFS really is essentially doing is naming these parts of ourselves that can be exiled and tucked away because they've been labeled or because of trauma and shame. Mm -hmm. And shame right now more than ever oh. is probably one of the most powerful mm -hmm. I mean, sadly powerful pieces to what I'm witnessing happening in our world, mm -hmm. including our own self-talk. Yeah. So what I've been trying to do over the last, particularly I'd say four or five years mm -hmm. is getting really real with, I mean, authenticity is not warm fuzzy. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to say, you know, my authentic self is the muse and I'm all into the music and all these things. Authentic discovery work is really, really difficult Yeah. because it means that you're, you're getting real with yourself mm -hmm. and the things that you have hidden or have um, blocked or have tucked away or have asked yourself, where am I too much or where am I not enough? Mm -hmm. And I'm in a space and place right now where I have nowhere else to run can't run from that anymore. So I have to face it. And I think through the power of muse, which is ponder and think, but also music and creativity and self-exploration, I'm going to be intentional. It is a little bit wonky and different and weird and probably super out there for a lot of people to hear me name something like that in a third person. I don't doubt that that's not yeah. a little out there, but I will tell you that once I named it, and for me, it's her. Mm -hmm. It's as if, I mean, I just cannot create enough. I cannot, I, I can hardly um, hold back the energy. Mm. And so whether it's interesting, different, wonky out there, it's working for me. I love it. And if it's going to work for me, then that's going to be the authentic path. Yeah. What I loved when I was reading your blog post about it last night after you posted it, um, I was like, okay, well, I have to read it because we're talking about this tomorrow. So I made sure I read it last night. And um, the word that I thought of 
that just resonated with me about what you were writing was freedom. Like it just feels like you're free in a way that you have not been in the past. Like free to be a lot of who you are that maybe has been labeled too much. And I think that that's such a good, um, I mean, it's such a good practice for all of us because you have been on this strengths discovery journey for a very long time, for Mm -hmm. over a decade, right? And Mm -hmm. yet you now have reached a new place of freedom to be authentically you. Right. And so I think that's such a good lesson for all of us that if we, you know, like, yes, there's a lot of things that influence our ability or lack thereof to step into who we really are. Um, and strengths is one of those tools, but we need to dig even further and even deeper, right, than, than maybe the basic definitions of something or the name claim name structure, right? It takes also reckoning with some of the things in our past that have prevented us from stepping into that. And it takes time and it also takes the right heart position, right? It's not you can step into it and you can say I want to do this I want to dig into my past I want to to deal with all of these things and step into being authentically me but if it's not the right time for you if you don't have the right community around you if you're not in the right container or space to be able to deal with that in a healthy and productive way it's not you're not going to go anywhere right and so I think it's a lesson for all of us that if we feel stuck it's okay we will get to a place of stepping into that freedom well this segues really well into your word of the year But really what happened, I think, Tess, is that I started recognizing, and we've talked about this here, I could go back to March when I was doing that growth mindset Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. I have been faced with my own integrity questioning. Mm -hmm. Am I really walking my talk? Am I really practicing what I preach? Am I really the, the leader, the example that I want to be? There are two people in this world that are most important to me, my daughter and my son. And they have been remarkable mirrors in my life to say, yeah, well, you say this, but you kind of don't do it. And they grew up that way, knowing that like I was the weakest link when it came to parenting. They knew um, mom was going to be a lot of talk. I'm going to be really, we're going to do this and you guys need to do this. But at the end of the day, I can be pretty soft. And they were really good at calling me out. I mean, way back to last January to say, If this is who you are and this is what you want, then go get it. Mm -hmm. And I think the most important thing that we can do when we think about the word integrity is be an example of it. And so to hear your word of the year made so much sense to me. I was disappointed that I hadn't thought of it prior, (laughs) especially when I listened back, of course, to the Facebook Live a couple times. And I'm like, it's right there in front of you, Allison. It's right there. (laughs) I... I'm inspired by people who walk a life of integrity. I always have been. And I think if I'm not doing that in an authentic way, that's not how I want to live. Mm -hmm. And I have nothing to lose now, nothing to get now, nowhere else Mm -hmm. to run to other than to face my own integrity in the mirror. And that really has what has prompted, I think, you know, where I am now and where I hope to continue to go, but also to encourage other people to do that. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear about how you arrived at integrity, but I also think what an absolute gift of a word to have as we have witnessed lack thereof mm-hmm. significantly in the past. Sometimes I want to say month, but it was just last week. Yeah. 
this, I feel taxed. Do you feel like emotionally taxed as if every day feels like, or every week feels like we just survived a year and a half? So I want to hear about how you arrived at the word, but I also want to hear about what are you going to do with that now? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, um, I, as a quick sidebar, um, I, love seeing how people's creativity comes out in the context of humor um given what's happening in our world and one of my favorite tweets from all that has happened in our world recently was um um i would like to return 2021 i did the seven day trial and i am not satisfied (laughs) seven day free trial and i'm not satisfied so i'm like okay i get that yep so for sure but um yeah so i essentially you know this last year i think we talked about in the last episode. Um, This last year has been one of the hardest of my life. I've dealt with um, stress more than I ever have. Uh, Usually I can handle a lot of things. I like to kind of pride myself on being a high capacity person. I've always had a lot of responsibility. I always like to volunteer for a lot of things and that really did not change a whole lot in 2020. Um, you know, still in grad school, started my thesis, um, you know, job, <laughs> uh, everything, uh, social life, things like that and other responsibilities. So, um, but it was all of those responsibilities that were amplified a bit. And then I had some pretty serious, significant personal things happen um, in my family and in my life. And so it just seemed like about every area of my life was struggling all at once. And I don't, usually there's like one fire I need to put out, right? Like adaptability queen of putting out fires. Like, oh, there's the fire. I'll go run to it and I'll put it out and then I'll wait for the next one to occur, right? That's a little bit of adaptability in action for me. Um, But it seemed like everything was just like, I mean, seriously, dumpster fire is the most applicable phrase um, for not only 2020, but what my life was like in 2020, unfortunately. And so, um, you know, and, and it would, I would get really frustrated and I was getting really frustrated because it seemed like so much of what was going wrong was out of my control. Um, and that's when we talked a little bit about the magic in that there was magic in that, right. When we talked about that in, in a prior episode, there was magic in realizing that there's a lot out of my control. Um, but I think it was really frustrating for me because each of those moments and each of those areas of my life where I saw things going really wrong and my own reaction to things that were going wrong, um, I realized that the things that really irked me about what wasn't working well, um, was the way that other people were reacting and working within that situation. And I would, you know, and a lot of it came down to it. You know, I, I talked in the Facebook live and I think on a prior episode about my spiritual director who I meet with once a month, she asked me, um, you know, to kind of weigh everything in my life and just get a temperature reading on everything and see how things were going. And I realized every area where I kind of had a negative reaction to, okay, this at work and this in my personal life and this, um, you know, in school, each of those areas, it boiled down to a lack of integrity for me that I saw in how people were functioning, how people are functioning. And that I don't, and it's not like, oh, everybody else isn't doing what is what they're supposed to do, right? That isn't it, right? But for me, the fact that that I noticed that pattern and that pattern was illuminated to me within that context, it made me realize how much of a value integrity is for me. And I've always loved that word, but it's a word that like a lot of people use, right? Like it's kind of like even hope last year was like, oh, that seems like a little bit like 
of an easy word, right? Uh, a little bit of a simple word for me. Like I like things a little deeper and more complex, but uh, hope brought out so much depth uh, and it was such a challenge for me last year. Um, and I think the same is true for integrity. And, and in that space, in that moment, as I was talking with my spiritual director about what was currently happening, I realized how much of a value it was and it immediately brought me back to other big struggles in my life other areas where I've had major points of tension with people where I've had disagreements and every nearly every time down to the specific instance all the way back to like issues in middle school and like things that I just came to my mind all of it boiled down to the disagreement centered on the fact that there was this chasm between what people believe and what they do and same with me. Every time I felt frustrated with myself, so even in the context of this trip that I made the decision to make, right, I am in some ways disappointed with myself because there is a gap between what I said and what I did. And so, and that's like, and I need to reckon with that in my own space, right? But realizing and acknowledging that that, it was such a value for me, um, it was just so eye-opening you know, we talk a lot about how we, I feel like we know ourselves pretty well, but I don't think I'd ever named that as a, as a value in my own life. I've done values brackets. I've done mm-hmm. values exercises. It always comes up in like maybe top 10, but it never seems to be this overriding, overarching theme in my life. And I realized in that moment that it, that it was, and that's, that was that unnamed factor that always seemed to be influencing my reaction, um, the way that I presented myself in spaces, things like that. And so um, that is is going to be my focus for 2021, and I feel like it's. I I also want to do a caveat because as I've been sharing this more with people, they're like, "Well, Tess, like the gap between what people say and what they do is not up to you to bridge." And I'm like, "That's not that's not my intention with it. Um, my intention is to understand that when I see that, I need to be better about how I react to that, because I immediately see that and I I think less of people." unfortunately. And I, it's a bristling, it's a bristling. Yeah, You bristle when you see that lack of, I think we all do, Mm -hmm. right? We all do. We all bristle when we see a lack of integrity, Mm -hmm. but it's harder to look in the mirror about it. Yeah. Yeah. And in my own life, right? So it's twofold, right? It's, it's wrestling with my own and saying, where are the gaps and how can I work to close those as much as possible? Um, and where can I, from my faith context, um, lean on the grace of God to make that happen? Um, and then also when I see it in other people, how can I not necessarily react in a negative way to say, oh my gosh, there's another example of the way that they're saying one thing and doing another. But how can I you know, prayerfully discern how to interact with that and how to maybe be a, a source of, of grace myself, a conduit for that to help them bridge the gap between that. And so I think for me, that's, um, that's a lot of it. Um, and a lot of it is just reckoning in my own heart of, of reconciling those two things. And so, um, so I did, I, I made the decision as I I do every year to travel my birthday week. Um, it is a ritual that I put in place about five years ago. And it is one that that I don't know how I could live life without it because my context needs reflection. Um, my strategic loves to point to where I'm going. And that time, the change of container is necessary. And so I had talked about like maybe doing there's some local retreat spaces here, kind of closer, doing, 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 doing a road trip, something like that. And um, 
And my best friend kind of encouraged me and was like, I would travel with you if you wanted to actually travel. And so, and that's what I love to do. And so I did, I worked with the company I worked with last year, Pack Up and Go. And I did research a lot and look into how they're dealing with COVID, with the pandemic. Um, My best friend that I traveled with works for a healthcare facility. So she has some pretty strict guidelines as to what she can and cannot do and how she needs to show up in a public space like an airport. Um, And so we did... um, Uh, put some additional measures in place to travel during the pandemic. Um, I still don't, I still, there's so much tension inside of me, even the fact that I did that because it does seem a little bit contrary to, um, to what I have been sharing about public health. And so there's, there's part of me that does feel you named it when you named it. I was like, what? It's part of me does feel shame for doing that. Um, and for, for making that choice. But I mean, when we were there, we hardly saw anybody. There were a few crowded bars and restaurants, um, but there were about two people on the beach when we were at the beach, um, a couple people at the pool. Um, and, and so I feel like when we got there, it was fine. It was maybe more the airport and the actual travel that was more risky, but it's definitely the riskiest thing I've done in the midst of the pandemic. I've been very good about um, following guidelines and staying home, and um, but it was it was soul filling in another way. And so I, I need to again in the practice of integrity reckon with the fact that I feel shame about making a choice that was in my own well being's best interest. Um, and yeah, because I still feel that, which isn't a way that I should feel for a decision that I made. You know, I, I think it's really important to us that. And I'm glad you said this so that I didn't have to. Yeah. I think that all of us have to make decisions now mm-hmm. that walk within our integrity, that honor our well-being yeah. and our, our mental health well-being, our, our way of life, the way that we live. We have to live too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that being safe about travel and being um, considerate of others and being thoughtful. You have, and we, we talked about this on a previous episode, you have absolutely walked a line of integrity in doing what is best, not just for yourself, but for others throughout COVID. We have to, I think, give ourselves permission to decide what am I going to be comfortable with now? Because all of us are going to have a different approach to that. The other thing that I heard you say that we are not going to allow one another to say anymore without recognizing and reassuring is the disappointment in self. Mm -hmm. And I think that it does honor integrity to name it. It does not honor integrity to sit in it. And that's where shame takes Mm -hmm. over. For sure. I was reading um, a piece yesterday from, um, I'm trying to think of what the gentleman's name is. He's on Instagram. I follow him. I think his last name is Case. Anyway, he was talking about it's okay to name loneliness. Mm, And it's really, really hard for us as um, a collective to do that. It's very hard for us as individuals to do that. It's very hard if you pride yourself in being strong and independent and in the term freedom, which you named for me. Thank you. It's hard to name loneliness. And he was talking about how it's okay to say that's what you're feeling. But it's also something that until we can own it, name it, understand it, we'll shame ourselves in not recognizing it. Mm -hmm. And what we'll do is we can hole up. I mean, it'd be really, really easy for many of us to just hole up and not wash our hair and never go outside ever again. Um, I, 
I know that it is an absolutely alarming, startling, shocking um, mental health crisis right now. Mm-hmm. And I know that even for me, the walk and the borderline of of what this feels like for me has been a really significant journey. I have never been so empathetic and better understanding of my own judgment of what I thought about what something looks like when it comes to mental health or what depression looks like mm-hmm. or what sadness looks like or what loneliness looks like. Mm-hmm. And it, it reminds me a lot of, um, I remember years ago, more than 10 years ago when I got divorced, how I had to face my own judgment so quickly in the mirror. Cause I, I remember saying things when I was a young married mom saying things like, you know, come on, work it out. Like, what's your problem? You two mm-hmm. just figure it out. And then I had to experience my own judgment and, and the feeling of being judged that way. I'm yeah. reckoning with my own judgment right now. Again, mm-hmm. I think, um, life, the universe has a way of, of providing those mirrors that we need. Mm-hmm. And I think Tess, you have, um, a beautiful mirror of integrity in front of you this year, but also the gift that you give that you often do not realize that you're giving is that you are not, you, you talk about being judgmental, but you are probably one of the most non-judgmental people that I know. There are very few things that I bring to you that I ever feel ashamed to share. There are very few things that I think most people in your life would say that they couldn't feel confident in knowing that you'll hold space for that Mm -hmm. without judgment, with encouragement to grow, to learn, forgiveness, grace, understanding. So as you walk in your year of integrity, I hope that you will um, gift yourself some opportunities to say, this is important to me. And so I'm going to choose to do it and not be, not be disappointed in myself. That was the (laughs) phrase I was getting to and not be ashamed of everybody's values are like illuminated right now. We, we've talked about that all of 2020. We got to get away from the crisis is a great revealer and come up with a different phrase to use. But it's so pertinent. (laughs) I mean, values are absolutely Mm -hmm. totally obvious right now. And so I think it's important that you give yourself the grace Mm -hmm. of knowing and owning your values and your integrity and walking through that. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about your word. I think it's going to help hold me accountable. I'm excited to witness where I see it show up. It is one of our core values. It is the do what you say you're going to do. But in my opinion, it's also the do what you say you're going to do when no one is looking. Yeah. That's the hardest part of integrity. Yeah. Yeah. So what I loved about it when I, it first really came to me during kind of the spiritual direction um, session. And I, I think I shared this on the Facebook live, but it has two definitions, like two textbook definitions, right? Like it has the one definition of an upright moral character, um, which is kind of how we often describe it, right? Like um, do what you say you're going to do and um, who you are is consistent um, no matter what context you find yourself in. But then there's the second which I equally love, which is wholeness, 
right? When like a chemical or um, uh, a property has integrity, you think about that a lot in the hard sciences, it means that it is uncorrupted. It is not, it has not been disrupted. It um, has a fullness and a wholeness in its chemical makeup. And, and what I love about that for me, there's, it's a two sides to the same definition for me it's right it's it's when you when you close that gap between who you say you are and what you do um you your your values become embodied uh your words become embodied um when that happens right it's it's a movement back to wholeness it's movement forward to wholeness right in, in a in a simultaneous sense right it's a it's a recapturing of who we have always been while making strides to to acknowledge what we've walked through in order to get to back to who we've always been while moving forward right that's so weird I'm sorry my mind is always in timelines right like it's it's both a, a moving back right and, and a recalling of who we once were um, while moving towards a, a newness of who we are a wholeness in who we are because of what we have experienced in life because of that lived experience and that is why I chose Muse hmm. exactly that reason um, deeply embedded mm-hmm. me creative me it's almost a return to that eight nine-year-old self but also fully acknowledging all that you've walked through in life right it's a return to that self with acknowledgement of your lived experience so it's an even greater form of that self and even even while moving forward Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. so when I you know bought a tambourine as one of these signs of I'm honoring the muse and you were like what's my prop I would have never in a million years guessed that so funny that I heard from a couple people in my life who said I knew it was a tambourine before you even picked it up which says a lot about how people know me but I I think about that nine-year-old me that was outside all the time playing I mean just in constant discovery and use of imagination, that nine, eight, nine, ten year old me that was writing all the time, that eight, nine, ten year old me that was absolutely obsessed with my mom's 45s. Mm-hmm. And the very first 45 that I picked up, you know, and mm-hmm. would play over and over on repeat was Penny Lane by the Beatles. And, so you know, all of the, and then I totally got into Kenny Rogers during that time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was my mom's, my mom's records. And I was so into music. I was dancing. I took 13 years of dance tests, 13 years. And somewhere in the last 10 years, I stopped dancing. Hmm. Like I stopped dancing. When it had been such a part of your life. It was such a part of my life and part of my being. So that return to Mm -hmm. what I would say the core integrity of me, which is, you know, I, I still envision the way I used to do cartwheels and spin around Mm -hmm. that kind of joy and authenticity. And I didn't care what anybody else thought. Mm, And I think a lot of it, I was going to ask you, um, I have an assumption of what strength in your top five, maybe your top 10 is most honoring of your word of the year. And for me, um, it really comes back to woo and, and connectedness. Mm-hmm. So woo was different on me when I wasn't caught up in the narrative of what other people thought about me being too much or not enough. Mm-hmm. The real genuine woo was that sparkle and light. Mm-hmm. And the connectedness is bringing all of this yeah, back. Sure. Hmm. Do you feel like it's context? Do you feel like it's strategic? Yeah, probably a little bit of all of that. 
maybe into, I mean, you named individualization, but I think that's such a great question for our listeners. You know, yes, we want to know if you had a word of the year or phrase of the year or an intention of the year, but asking what strength is, is going to be most honoring of that or what strength is really going to give your word life and intentionality and meaning. Um, I'm excited to see what waves we're all going to ride in yeah. <laughs> the months and the year ahead. Yeah. I think a, an additional question I'd like people to think through also in response to this is not just word of the year and, and which of your strengths really influence that, um, I think would be a great first question. The second question, I think um, the consistency between both of our themes this year is kind of odd. Um, this happened last year too with choice and hope, um, that there was a lot of like, okay, we have to choose hope, right? <laughs> so there was a lot of, a lot of um, similarities within that. And I think the same with these two words. And so I would like people to ponder the question, um, what does wholeness look like for you? Uh, a return to your your younger self, your whole self, or uh, moving forward, uh, kind of both simultaneously, right? What it, what did you lose as you were growing up and encountered the world, and how can you recapture that in order to regain a sense of wholeness in yourself? Um, and for you, that's music, that's dancing, that's artistic expression. Um, for me, it's a lot of um, dealing with things in my own life, um, or it has been, and it's um, naming those areas where I feel discontinuity um, in order to re- to reconcile those within my own life. And so maybe it's not as as concrete um, as yours necessarily, but um, but I'm in the efforts and making the the strides in order to identify that in my own life in terms of regaining a sense of wholeness as well. So I'd love for people to think through that question, similar to what does hope mean for you when we asked that question in that episode. Those were some of my favorite responses. Right, one word. How do you define that? What does that look like for you? Mm-hmm. How do you live in that? What do you need to get there? Um, and so similar, similarly, what does wholeness in yourself look like? Um, and what do you need in order to get there? Um, so I'd love for people to think through that question as well. So, mm-hmm. And maybe that's a Facebook Live question that we could ask. Mm, goodness I'm going to keep... I'm gonna you're going to keep plugging Facebook Live. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that's so scary. I also know that we talked about celebrating birthday month in a more intentional mm-hmm. way um, here so let's ponder on that some more. And yeah. um, I'd love to hear from our listeners. How would they like to celebrate birthday month with us? We did a <laughs> Zoom session mm-hmm. um, that we opened up to our listeners. We've done Facebook Live now. I think we could do another one. But maybe others have creative ideas as to how we could all celebrate together. Absolutely. I think the other piece for me with Muse and integrity is, I, and I read this this morning, celebrate every day. Mm. There's got to be something to celebrate every single day. And until further notice, I shall be celebrating. So I think it's important to find that. So maybe our listeners have ideas of ways that we can celebrate. I know that you probably don't do birthday month to the extent that I do, but I've also kind of, my birthday month is already over. (laughs) I've, I've also tempered, I've tempered birthday month a little bit. Um, Mm managing expectations and um, releasing control and allowing things to just happen is, is going to be a very specific focus for me this year while being, you know, in that joy and and music and creativity. Mm -hmm. But what's a way that we could celebrate Um, Mm -hmm. birthdays, celebrations, accomplishments, naming our words of the year. Um, Maybe it would be in an artistic session that we could be led by someone else. Maybe it would be, you know, 
there's lots of openness. So I'd love to hear from our listeners your, any your ideas mute. they have. I'll also let your muse percolate on that a little bit. Okay. <laughs> let her go okay. and, and think on that, ponder. <laughs> oh my gosh, so wonderful. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to hear from people in response to this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode number 79 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend. To interact with us and share the responses to the questions we posed in this episode, one of the best ways to do that is following us on Instagram at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I. I-L-L-I-E. And as many of you know, you can also feel free to send us an email with your responses as well. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are exclusively that of Allison Horn and Tess Starman and may not reflect the views of Teammates Mentoring Program at large. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time.